and welcome, welcome to Defender Live, episode 53, take two. John, you were with me last time, but this time I've decided to turn your mic on. Are you still there? I still am, but I'm heartbroken to think that I, all the while while my mic was dead, I was going on and about how much I love you and I'm slavishly devoted to the show and that there was no chance that I was going to go bolt for a competing network. But now that I'm seeing some offers come in in the back channel, I may have to reconsider. Here we are. It's about to tell us how, how much harmony they were. <laughs> <laughs> on the iDeveloper TV network <laughs> as we were there as, uh, as podcasters together and there's no way we were ever going to split up like uh, certain other podcasters but um, I screwed it up by just um, cutting you off in your prime so um, yeah, I, am, I am sorry John but no we can demonstrate that there is real podcast love here because not only is this iDeveloper Live episode 53 but this is NS Brief. We are actually bringing podcast hosts together. We are having a huge podcast host loving. So welcome the man of love, Mr. Sawmora. <laughs> man of love, I don't know about that. After, especially after uh, my, my last appearance where you were questioning all kinds of weird things about me. But yeah. Hi, how's it going? It's going really <laughs> well. <laughs> It's um, it, it's great. Um, yes, we we the world will know from that introduction why we love you so much. <laughs> now, now, Saul, you've um, you've already done an interview on the NS Brief podcast with uh, with our guest today. Um, this is sort of a follow up, so we're going to sort of be cutting in halfway through. Um, but we don't want us to sort of override everyone and everything else. So we're just, we're going to point people to the the first podcast a bit later on. So um, I'm going to leave it down to you to um, uh, introduce our very special guest. Yeah, so our, our our really awesome guest today is uh, Laurent Cincinnati, a uh, former uh, Apple engineer, um, author of uh, Ruby Motion, and all around awesome guy who really loves uh, loves the beers that uh, he gives out of Belgium. Uh, it was it was really awesome to uh, meet him in person when I went to uh, when I was doing my my travels and touring around Europe. And uh, that's where we recorded our um, our Ennis Brief episode. But uh, you know, uh, we had pre-recorded that before uh, Ruby Motion was announced. So um, the thing is, is that uh, as soon as it was announced, there was a whole lot of questions that that I didn't get to because I was really focusing on um, just an introduction to the technology and such. But um, a lot of the stuff that came out of the blogs uh, seemed uh, really important and relevant, and uh, I wanted to have a chance to do a follow-up, which is what we're doing here. So I think before we uh, get started. Um, you know, we wanted to kind of just introduce it for those who maybe haven't uh, caught my podcast episode, and uh, just point them point them to that to, uh, uh, later on. So, um, so yeah, um, our guest is Laurent Cincinnati. Let's say hi to Laurent. We haven't said hi to Laurent yet. Hello, Laurent. How are you? Hi, I'm very good. Thank you. I have to say that has to be the longest introduction in podcast history. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting, hey, yeah, here's our guest, Laurent, but no, there we are. But anyway, so we still love you. We still. Love I, you. I was trying. I was trying to bring an era of, of, of professionalism to your show. Oh, we're way past you know, that. We're way past that. That's, that's never gonna. And you know what? We've now introduced him, and we've not let him get a word in edgeways. Hello, Laurent again. <laughs> it's very funny because it's the first time I I hear my my first name pronounced correctly uh, in English. I mean. How does it normally get um, uh, pronounced? Uh, Laurent, actually, like, like John, John just said. Yeah, okay, but what uh, do it's people... Right what, yes. uh, Laurent, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so, well, I am... Um, well, I, I guess so, um, already thought about it, but I'm... So I'm a Belgian software hacker. I've been um, programming for a long time, for professionally for more than 10 years. 
and uh, I've been hacking with programming languages recently for uh, for my uh, for my career. And I, I was an Apple employee for seven years. Uh, at Apple, I work on uh, iLife. I work on, on uh, synchronization stuff, the early version of the iPhone synchronization. And uh, I work on uh, I work on the CoreOS team, which is responsible for uh, the foundations of uh, OS X and iOS for five years. And uh, I work on the... Um, the dynamic language team also trying to uh, make sure that Ruby, Python, and uh, all, all these scripting languages are actually a uh, first-class citizen on the Mac. Uh, I work. Um, I focus on Ruby. Um, one of the projects I created at Apple recently was Mac Ruby, uh, which is an implementation of Ruby on top of Objective C, uh, Foundation, LLVM, ICU. So. Uh, uh, um, built-in Western technologies, and re recently I left Apple to do Ruby Motion, which is a port of Mac Ruby for iOS. And I think that pretty much resumes uh, uh, what I'm doing right now. Okay, so I get to get the first question, and I think that we should reveal some of the biases here because we all know that Saul, like, is so in love with Ruby. If it was legal to marry it, you'd be at the ceremony. They would say, "I now pronounce you man and language." You can now kiss the framework, and he'd be like, "It's next on the list in the U.S. after after gay marriage. It's going to be a language marriage." Exactly. But for for those of us who who aren't so immediately in love, give us kind of a brief idea why why you'd want to program in in Ruby when you're developing for iOS. Yeah. So. I personally think that Ruby is a much better language for app development uh, because it's uh, it's it's high level. You don't need to deal with C. You get uh, it's very concise. It's uh, all in or uh, it's dynamically compiled once, so you don't need to deal with uh, compilation errors. And you get an interactive uh, console where you can try things out in real time. So Ruby is basically. Uh, part of the dynamic language family, where you can find Python, Smalltalk, even Lisp. And uh, I think Ruby is a great language for app development because it's very easy to get started with Ruby. And it's also a language that provides a lot of uh, powerfulness. You have, you have a lot of features in Ruby that can uh, probably help you build more complex uh, programs. So I think Ruby is a great language for app development. And so even... Even if you're already you know comfortable with Objective C, I mean, even even myself, I find myself thinking that you know it, it might actually be more pleasant to use Ruby because you know Objective C has just added some functions like blocks, for example, uh, yeah. that that are yeah. really wonderful. And the people who have been using Ruby, even people who use JavaScript, is like going, "Haha, welcome to you know welcome to the 19th century." Um, <laughs> And and you you get to use those things and say great I want to use blocks in my program but if you've already built up a code base and you have some you know some code that that is is not uh, uh, arc compliant I've just discovered it can be a little bit uh, problematic a little bit of of a pain and then I think to myself wow if everything was in, in Ruby I wouldn't be having these problems because it's not like there it, it it's been built into the language from the very first you know from the very beginning is that a reasonable assessment. Mm -hmm. So, so in yeah. other words, you think that that it, it, even if you are ha familiar with Objective C, you might just decide that your next project should be, and that you could you could well, actually move over a code base. Or? 
Well, it really depends of um, of the language. It, it really depends of you. I mean, Objective C is a great language. It's a, it's a good language for application development also. And if you are familiar with Objective C, and if you don't have the time to uh, learn a new language, um, you should probably stick to Objective C. It's a great language, and it's supported by Apple. Uh, Objective C, I think the problem with Objective C is that it's getting a bit old, and it's it's Objective C is basically based on the C language, as you know. Objective C is a very thin runtime and a set of compiler extensions, uh, but it's basically based on the C language. And to be fluent in Objective C, to be good at in Objective C, you need to learn C. And these days, uh, learning C is actually very hard for most programmers because they come from PHP, Ruby, Python. They basically come from the web, and they have a problem dealing with uh, memory, pointers, and these kind of things. Uh, learning C is, uh, is very hard for a lot of developers. And basically, people, I think that C is basically the new assembly right now. And... Uh, it's getting hard, and Objective C is, is a makes a lot of. Uh, Apple actually makes makes a very good job at providing features to Objective C. They provided garbage collection in Lopart. Now they added Hark, which is similar. And as you say, they have blocks, uh, closures, and now they are uh, literals, literals to create NS numbers, NS arrays, uh, using a literal uh, syntax in the language. So this actually helps a little bit. But it's still C at the end. So for a lot of people, it's actually a problem. Okay, so, so Laura, um, the, uh, as we say, Paul, uh, Paul, Saul has already done the, an excellent NS Brief episode, episode 45. We'll make sure the link is in the show notes to that on Ruben Motion. You dealt with the basics. But um, we do have an audience uh, listening live, and they may not have heard that yet. So, um, okay, so you're equipping people to write um, iOS applications uh, using Ruby, uh, using your um, tool set you've called RubyMotion. Can you give us a sort of two-minute overview of you know, what RubyMotion is, how it fits together, um, you know, how a developer develops with it, what's the pipeline? Um, you know, just is, is it in a nice brief overview, um, and then people can get more detail by going off and listening to the NS Brief podcast, and then we'll come and dig into some, some more advanced stuff. So if you could uh, just give us an overview, that would be great. Sure. So, uh, RubyMotion is um, is basically it's a tool chain for iOS development in Ruby. So it's basically meant for Rubyists first. So Ruby people should really be at home with RubyMotion. So uh, you get, for instance, you get to use Rake, which is the default um, build system in Ruby. It is similar to Make, but you get to use Rake to create and build uh, projects. In one Rake command, you get your application running on the simulator. Uh, in in a, in, a, in a, using another Rake command, you can get an IPA archive that you can send to Test Flight or to the App Store. You can get your application deployed on the on the phone or on your iPad. So it's it's really um, iOS made for Rubyists. You get to use your uh, favorite editor. So we don't provide uh, support for Xcode because we don't think Xcode is a good uh, editor for Ruby. So people get to use Vim or TextMate or Redcar, which is an editor written in Ruby, which is very funny. Everything is Ruby there. And so it's basically uh, iOS for, for Rubyists. And, but we, we also see people that, that purchase RubyMotion, people who are Objective-C programmers and are interested in, in trying, trying it out. And what's different uh, between RubyMotion and the traditional way of building an application with Objective-C 
is that you get to use the, the REPL, which is the Redevar print loop. It's an interactive console that, that starts at the same time you, you, you push your application on the simulator. And from the REPL, you can type expressions uh, in real time. And you can actually uh, navigate through the, the APIs of iOS. You can actually create new objects. You can create new classes. And you can basically hack uh, the look and feel of your application. There is also a feature that lets you, uh, using the mouse, uh, select views in the simulator and get a handle to that specific view, that specific uh, controller. And from there, we can actually create a new session and type new commands. So it's very handy. And for Ruby, it's, uh, it's actually very normal. They take this for granted. But Objective-C people uh, watch that and, uh, and they say, well, that's really cool. So I guess that's probably it. Uh, RubyMotion apps are um, statically compiled into a machine code. Uh, in RubyMotion, the object model is based on, on the Objective-C runtime. So there, there is only one runtime. So a lot of people confuse RubyMotion with uh, RubyCoco or, or similar technologies, but RubyMotion is not a bridge in the sense that the, there is no bridge in the runtime. It's only one runtime for both Ruby and Objective-C. So Ruby has been re, uh, re-hosted on top of the same technologies than Objective-C. So there are no uh, performance when you cross, when you try to call an Objective-C method on you, when you get an object from Objective-C. Uh, RubyMotion doesn't need to convert anything to create proxies to forward messages. Everything is natural because it's all using the same runtime. And your applications are compiled into native code using LLVM. So RubyMotion comes with a static compiler that, that works the same as Objective-C, so you get your application compiled, and the application contains calls to the Objective-C runtime. So it is very similar to the way Objective-C apps are uh, compiled. And uh, we, the project has been uh, released uh, two weeks ago, I think, and it got a lot, of, uh, a lot of traction. We have more than 100 projects on GitHub, so far, so people are really uh, trying out RubyMotion, creating samples and libraries. And as far as I know, there are three apps on the App Store so far. So we will probably write a blog post soon to, to uh, I mean, to, to give uh, an updated status on the project. But that's mostly it for now. So in other words, it really is all rainbows and 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 cats and pianos, like Johannes Farenkrug said. Well, uh, right now, RubyMotion has been mostly used by Rubyists and people who want to get into iOS, but they couldn't before because they didn't want to run Objective-C or use Xcode. So, and there are, there are people very serious about RubyMotion, but so far it's mostly enthusiasts who are uh, hacking with the project. So it's, it's actually great to see the, the adoption of the project. If you look at GitHub every day, you refresh the number of projects, and it's it's uh, pr- people keep creating new samples and new libraries. It's really great. Yeah. So uh, one of the uh, criticisms that I've uh, seen from a lot of uh, kind of mostly Objective C focused people is that um, you shouldn't use uh, something like a Ruby Motion or even a Mac Ruby um, because uh, if, if if all you want to do is to not learn Objective C, um, but the thing is, you still need to learn uh, Cocoa and uh, you know Cocoa Touch and all the, uh, the the Cocoa frameworks in order to even use this. I mean, there's still a lot of learning um, 
to go, you know, to be able to get to something productive. I mean, is this, uh, you know, was this ever intended as a shortcut? I mean, it, it just seems like there's, um, I don't know. It just seems like people try to use this as a as as a way to get around Objective C, um, well, but there's still a lot to learn. Oh, definitely. So, I, I think that what matters in iOS are the APIs, not the language. And Objective C is a great language to describe interfaces, to actually wrap code, and it was actually intended to do that. And it's also a great language for app development. But right now it's a bit it's, uh, it's getting a bit old. But you can still write application in Objective C. And Ruby Machine is not is not um, made to uh, I mean to avoid Objective C because uh, iOS APIs will probably remain in Objective C for I don't know next years. So you need to learn a bit of Objective C to actually read the interfaces and actually, for instance, uh, know what what the class in Objective C is, how to call a method, these kind of things. Uh, you don't need to learn C to use Ruby Motion, which is great because you can just read the header files or the documentation, and you can get started very quickly. What matters really are the APIs because it, uh, it's regardless of the language you're using, the APIs remain the same, and that's where people are probably going to get the more difficulty to to read a iOS book, to to read, for instance, what UIKit is, the concept of views, these kind of things. It's probably what people are going to suffer the most, if I, if I can say. And what's very funny is that there are very good programmers in, in the Ruby world that didn't know Objective-C. And when RubyMotion was released, uh, one of them is Jim Warwick. Uh, so I might, I might butcher his last name, but he will probably uh, forgive me. And he's actually the creator of Rake, the, the command tool I was talking about. And in just uh, in the morning, he made his first iOS app in Ruby Motion, and he, he never uh, he never tried iOS development before. He picked a book, uh, an iOS uh, book, and he just used it with Ruby Motion, and he made his first leader app. He pushed it on the phone, and he was very happy. That that was funny. So that that actually, that actually makes me think that the power of iOS are the APIs, not not the languages that you use to to call them. Well, I I, I want to um, follow up with that because I you know. I'm a big fan of Ruby and Mac Ruby and Ruby Motion and everything, but uh, you know, I, I tried to do uh, an app myself this weekend, and uh, I, I found myself um, just able to go faster in Xcode. Um, I use Interface Builder a lot. I use the Core Data Modeler a lot. Um, you know, Rubyists have a thing against uh, UIs, uh, and I'm very familiar this, with this, having been in the Ruby community and the Rails community for a while. But I still found myself cranking out. Um, a pretty good, uh, you know, start to an app. Um, it's more complex, so it's not like something that I could finish in in a day. Um, but I had a pretty good head start uh, with Xcode and all the tools that Apple gives me. I mean, I, I it just, it, you know, like I said, I'm a fan of it. I want it to succeed. I want to use it someday, mm -hmm. but I'm still finding myself faster in Xcode now. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's actually very, uh, that's a good point. If you're familiar with Xcode and Interface Builder. There is really no no point in using RubyMotion. I think you're already at home with tools you you, you like and love. So, and the thing with RubyMotion is that right now, as as you probably experienced, you need to do everything by hand. You need to create your core your core data models by hand programmatically. You are you need to pack your views programmatically. Well, you can use Interface Builder, but it's not natural. It's not integrated as in Xcode. So you need to do uh, things programmatically. 
So right now it's a bit of a problem, but uh, we are seeing people writing libraries, uh, Ruby motion libraries around UIKit and Core Data that let you create models in a few lines of Ruby, or that let you create uh, UI views, UI uh, UI controllers, and everything in, in pure Ruby and using a, a DSL, a domain-specific language that is very visual. And I think that's probably the future. Uh, not using uh, your mouse and user interface uh, programs, but using code to do everything. And it's, it's a bit like the race model where everything is described inside DSLs in your application. So at, when RubyMotion will be uh, mature enough and when there will be libraries that are mature enough to do this, I think there will be a point in pray switching uh, to to Ruby uh, instead of interface builder and the core model, uh, the core data model UI. So, um, you know, that kind of brings me to a follow up. You know, one more follow up before I let everybody else go again um, is that interface builder and core data. You know, they have the um, they have nib files and you have the core data model files. The co- uh, compilation by Ruby Motion has just been added. Uh, can uh, I guess it was in one point four? Um, can you yeah. uh, talk about that and how to get that working for our own, um, you know, Objective C point of view? How do, how we get that working in Ruby Motion ourselves? Okay, so um, so the the thing that was added, as you say, is that Ruby Motion projects can have uh, interface their resource files uh, and core data uh, models inside their resource directory, and from there uh, they will be compiled and actually copy, copied into the application uh, bundle. Uh, there are tutorials on on the internet right now, so, so users contributed uh, this code. By the way, so this is great. This is probably the first feature uh, users contributed back to RubyMotion, and you can you can check on you can Google for a, a RubyMotion interface builder, and you will see uh, a blog post by Ian Phillips, I think, that describes how to create a view and add uh, outlets and actions, and then copy the file into the project. And everything works as, as expected. But we, we, we will be providing uh, official documentation about this soon on the developer center of RubyMotion. So, uh, I mean, we understand this is a, a brand new release. Uh, it's only been out a few weeks as we're, as we're talking now. Um, you've already explained about how things are building around certain um, uh, certain APIs, and that's going to get better as time comes. But is there is there anything... Uh, uh, you know that right now that Ruby Motion can do that. You know, if I, me as an Objective C developer, um, wanted to do it better, I should already come to Ruby Motion because it's just so good at this bit. Uh, that's a very good question. I guess that it really depends. Uh, depends on the type of, of developer you are. If you're already used to uh, Objective C and Xcode, you probably don't need to switch Ruby Motion now. Uh, except that it has a REPL, say an interface, uh, uh, an interactive console. So that can be very handy when, for instance, you want to debug code. When you want to debug core data, for instance, uh, the ability to uh, to, uh, to execute core data commands on terminal is, is really awesome. And I, I want to make sure I understood something, but. but if you have an application that you you already had some some working Objective C code, could you bring up an application that that mixes the the two and, and be able to take advantage of the, the interactive um, terminal, or is that just not at all possible? Did you did you hear the question? Shall I repeat? 
I think so. Your question was, uh, is it possible to mix uh, Ruby Motion inside an existing, an existing Objective-C application? Yes. Okay, so right now it's not possible. Uh, in the future it might be, so it might be possible to uh, pre-compile the Ruby bits into a static archive that you can link in your uh, in your project. But, and, but and right, vice right versa? If you well, had, right, it's more the opposite, yeah. Okay, so you right now, uh, you can actually write uh, objective parts of your motion apps in Objective C or C. You can vendor uh, third-party libraries, uh, for instance, Coco Studio or uh, the Sparrow Game stuff, the Facebook SDK, the Parse SDK. All, all these libraries that are on GitHub, you can actually uh, take them and and uh, link link them inside your motion app. And then in the interactive, you can you can call methods in, in those those classes that they were also written in Ruby. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. kind of pretty cool. That to me, that seems like a reasonable way to to kind of introduce somebody who already has you know some investment in Objective C um, to to take it to try. Because to me, that that's probably the most interesting thing I can think about as being able to you know, interactively play around with the application while it's running. Okay, we seem to have quite a lot of crackle on the line. Um, uh, it seems to have died down now, so we'll, uh, we'll we'll move in with the next question. Okay, um, Lauren, are you with us? Yeah, I'm here. And John, one more time. We'll just try you one more time. Okay, John has decided to drop out. He's done the gracious thing. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen sacrificed himself for the good of the show. John has sacrificed himself for the Mac community. He he is now after talking about the love that we have uh, together as part of um, uh, the iDeveloper TV uh, network. Um, I have abandoned him to join, join together with Saul Mora of, of NS Brief, leaving John a dejected and broken man. <laughs> He didn't sound really sad. He was like, "Oh, I guess I'll just jump off the call." I'm I'm, I'm going now, and I'm 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 so sorry. So, John, if you're still in the chat room, if you're still in the chat room, John, we love you, John. We love you, John. Everybody, send flowers to John. If you want to send flowers to John, email me, and I'll tell you. um, Oh, should I tell you his address? I'm not doing on the air. Um, I will try and just ascertain from your email whether you are a slightly dodgy figure or not. <laughs> then you can send flowers to John. Right, Saul, you're the professional here. Get this show back on the road. Where were we? Okay, I was asking the question. I was asking the question. Yeah, this is your um, question. What was Ru- Ru- question? Ruby Motion. Do I just install Ruby Motion and I'm done? Um, uh, um, d- or is there, do I have to go and install Ruby or just Mac Ruby? Mac Ruby. Is there any other third-party stuff that the whole thing relies on? Um, just give. I know this is probably simply more basic stuff, but yeah, what are my dependencies here? So you you actually uh, everything is actually self self-contained in the distribution. So once you uh, purchase Ruby Motion, you get an installer, and then you're done. You don't need to install anything. Well, you need to install the iOS SDK. So. But it comes with Xcode, so if you already have Xcode on your machine, then you you should be good to go. There is nothing else to install uh, besides uh, Xcode. That was an easy answer to the question, then. So, Saul, over to you. Oh, let's see. So, uh, one of the other things that uh, is used with RubyMotion is uh, CocoaPods. Um, You want to just introduce that and kind of... The question is, is that a required way to get other uh, code, you know, third-party open-source code uh, into uh, my own um, RubyMotion apps? Yeah. So, uh, so as, as I mentioned a few uh, minutes ago, uh, it is possible to, uh, to vendor to actually uh, copy 
uh, existing Objective-C libraries inside your Motion application, your Motion project, sorry. And so, uh, but you can do this manually, or you can use CocoaPod, which is a which is a missing uh, the missing uh, packagement tool for Objective-C. Uh, if you don't know what CocoaPod is, CocoaPods is sorry, you can go on CocoaPods.org, and basically it's uh, it's like Ruby gems, but for Objective-C. Um, which, so it's basically package management for uh, Objective-C projects. And you can, uh, in a few lines, uh, configure a project to require uh, dependencies, and CocoaPods will automatically download the code for you and build the code for you and create a, a, a static archive that can be uh, then linked against your project. So, uh, and there is a CocoaPods integration in RubyMotion, so you can you can use these dependencies uh, in your project. It's much easier than uh, uh, vendor the project manually. So it's, it's, it, it's true that it's going to be the preferred way. Right now, the support is a bit fragile, so there are a few bugs, but we are working very close with the CocoaPods uh, author, uh, Elo Duran, which, which is one of my personal heroes. If he's listening to this <laughs> podcast, you will probably uh, know that. And Elo is, uh, is the, um, the maintainer and the author of CocoaPods. So we are, we are also friends in real life, which helps. And uh, we are trying to get the best uh, experience when using CocoaPods with RubyMotion. So as long as you two guys remain friends, it's going to work well. If you fall out like, <laughs> me, and, fall out like me and John have just done, then you know, I guess the, the whole project is screwed. <laughs> <laughs> so, Scotty, are, are you John Gruber or are you Dan Benjamin now? Oh, that's a hard call, isn't it? That's a hard call. I mean, yeah. What 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 do I say about either of them? Um, I guess I am the network person, so I have to be Dan Benjamin, I guess. Um, oh man. And uh, and uh, yeah. So I guess I've just been screwed. <laughs> I don't know. That's unfair. That is unfair. We don't know any details. That is really totally unfair. I withdraw that remark totally. We will blur it out. It will never happen. It will never exist in, in real life. Whole, redacted, redacted, redacted. We've got a whole minute of, of show to beep. Yes. To <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm going to read a question um, straight, from the, straight from the chat room. I, um, I know that it takes oh, us I, off, I had, off script. Yeah, okay, let me uh, – yeah, one question that's related to that last one we were just asking about CocoaPods. Um, can we – how do we do – if we have like a, a static library or something that we've built into our own apps, um, how do we include that? Um, you know, it's, it's kind of built we, – we, it's our own custom static library, not a CocoaPods-based kind of thing. How do we include that in uh, RubyMotion? So uh, you mean your own uh, archive, right? Uh, yeah, I mean it, usually we have like a lib something.a file. Sure, like, yeah, yeah. So what you do is that you just uh, copy the .a file inside your project. So you, you can create a separate directory for that. And then inside the project's rec file, which is basically, a, it's like a make file. And in the rec file, uh, the, rec file there, the rec file contains the, the configuration of the project. And from there, it's possible to, uh, to use the, the vendor project method on the application uh, configuration object. And you, can, you just pass the the absolute path to the uh, to the dot a library that you want to vendor and everything will be uh, taken care for you so it's better if you provide the headers also at the same time this way the RubyMotion static compiler can actually uh, pre-compile all the all the calling steps for you so that you can actually call the APIs from your Ruby project 
Okay, Scotty, go ahead. That, that sounds really exciting. I was just that. that sounds really, really, really cool. Um, we're sort of bouncing around all over the place here, but I'm, I'm, people are used to that, so um, yeah, don't worry. We just we just splurge information and let people do what they like with their one. Um, I like to ask questions uh, that come from the chat room because this is obviously what the audience are thinking, and I know they've not a lot of them wouldn't have listened to the first um, the NS brief episode yet, so this may be repeated information. I do apologise if that's the case. Um, but but Chris Waters wants to know. He says he's not a Ruby dev. Um, but you say yeah, you said Xcode isn't a great Ruby editor. Is, is that? Is, he, he's basically saying why is it? Will it edit Ruby but just not very well, or is it? It just won't edit with Ruby. At first, it doesn't edit Ruby very well. Uh, it doesn't actually support the Ruby language, uh, the, all the Ruby expressions. Sometimes, when you use the regular expressions, everything gets missed out. And it's it's actually not good for Ruby editing at all. And then you're missing a debugging the debugging experience. Uh, there is no way to to plug a third-party debugger in Xcode so far without hacking the the whole thing. So then there is no way to plug uh, the REPL, the interactive console that Rubyists are so used to use. And then then I'm not sure, but I really don't like Xcode. I'm I've been using VI for the past ten years. I'm very uh, good at Vim. So when I use Xcode, every time it actually messes with my brain. And a lot of people are like that. They are using TextMate or Emacs, or more recently, a Sublime Text 2. And when they go back to Xcode for iOS development, they are uh, frustrated. So, but back to the point, yeah, Xcode and Ruby are not really uh, good together. Is that just because the, the tool set, the tool chaining, um, is not kind of built into Xcode, like kind of the default LLVM, LLDB, all that stuff is right now? Well, well, I mean that if Xcode supported third-party extensions, uh, there would be a way to actually add Ruby support to Xcode. Um, so if we go to DubDub this year and say, oh, go to the Xcode people and say, open up plugin support? Would that oh, be you, can run, you can file radar if you want, but it's better uh, if we go bug them in person. I think. But you know, I already filed it a few years ago, <laughs> and <laughs> uh, I've been. Wow, well, you would think you would have more more pull being uh, an internal radar or something, huh? I don't know. I mean, you you can try, but I'm not sure if it's really on their uh, on their plate right now. And they have a huge number of developers coming to the platform, and they are very focused with Objective C right now, and it's not really part of their. Uh, Roadmap to support third-party languages. Now you 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 could you could complain to the to the WWDC people perhaps and try to to get these um, promoted to the to the to the engineering division. But or we can fire radars. That's right. That's that's actually faster. It says I would. Yeah. Sorry, carry on, carry on. Uh, it's just that I wouldn't hold my uh, my breath for that. No, that, that, that's true of any radar. But there we are. We won't we won't comment on that. Um, we, we're talking about X. Yeah, we went back to Xcode there as a tool, um, and it's I guess it's fully understandable. Apple develop Xcode to be an Objective C Apple tool, and they have no interest in helping anybody else do anything else. Um, and and I can get that. That's fine. So you know, move your editor out and, and whatever else. But one tool that does uh, you know come in the Xcode. Um, uh, Toolset is, is instruments, um, and you know developers find that incredibly useful for profiling their application and, and finding mm-hmm. um, memory leaks. Now, c- can I use instruments on a, a Ruby Motion application, or is it you know no? I've got to go find something else to do that as well. So it's possible to use uh, instruments on your Ruby Motion application. 
However, you won't probably see the Ruby methods yet. And this is something we are, we probably uh, be working on. But uh, yeah, in the future, it might be possible to use instruments and see all the Ruby methods, the methods uh, chain. You can use it right now, but you would see uh, the C name on the f of, of every frame. So it can probably be useful if you, if you know Objective-C or C. But for a Rubyist, it's going to be confusing. So I would probably recommend Rubyists to wait a little bit that we iron out uh, the, uh, the instrument's uh, integration. But besides that, uh, I will probably add D-Trace uh, probes uh, to the simulator version of RubyMotion so that you can, you can actually profile your apps from the command line. So uh, related to instruments and kind of the profiling, uh, apps on iOS sometimes crash. Hopefully, um, you know, not the good ones. But when they do crash, they, they usually live, uh, leave a uh, crash log. In a, and uh, when you import them into Xcode, it knows how to desymbolicate them so we know uh, basically where it crashed. Now, this is a, a feature of a more static kind of language. Um, uh, Ruby is very dynamic and all that stuff. But, but anyway, it's like, well, so how do we get uh, information out of a crash log um, from a, a Ruby Motion app? So when the Ruby Motion app crashes, the stack trace is similar to an Objective-C application that crashes. You will see calls to, uh, for instance, like it. And uh, the difference is that a certain, uh, some areas of the stack trace uh, will be a Ruby method. And in the stack trace itself, you will see probably, uh, uh, question marks because uh, we, actually, we actually strip all the symbols when we when we build an application for the device or for the app store. Uh, but it's possible with the address to uh, desymbolicate, to actually symbolicate, sorry, the stack trace and get the, the function names and the file and, uh, and the line in the file where the method is uh, defined. Uh, it's possible to do that right now. It's not as easy as dragging the crash log in, in the Xcode uh, organizer. I think it's, it's how it works in Xcode. But uh, you can do this right now on the command line using the, um, I forgot the name of the command line tool, but we are, I'm working on a, an article right now that describes that. The, the good thing is that in RubyMotion, we actually, uh, the RubyMotion compiler, uh, when, it, uh, when it compiles, for instance, a class and a method, it actually uses uh, dwarf uh, metadata for every uh, function call. So uh, Dwarf is the same uh, debugging support that uh, LLVM uses for uh, Objective-C or C. And we actually ported Dwarf to work with Ruby so that when you debug an application with GDB, if you are actually good in GDB, and you type, for instance, BT inside a, a breakpoint, you will, you will see immediately in GDB the file and the line of all the Ruby uh, entries in the stack trace. So that, that actually works. And when you get a crash in the simulator, you should see the file and the line information inside the crash report. Of course, on the device, it doesn't work because it doesn't do a symbolication on the device. But once you get the, the report back on your computer, it, uh, it's actually very easy to, uh, to process it and to actually see what's going on. I hope it, uh, it answered your question. Yeah, yeah, there's uh, a lot of complexity in uh, getting it uh, 
from the uh, uh, from the uh, crash log to yeah. something that's usable. Um, so, does that mean that you're going to be writing like a little script or a tool to get um, to get kind of like a, a Ruby version of the crash log to something that's, uh, or I guess the, the the dwarf version of it to something that we can see that lines up to our code? Yeah, basically, yeah. So as right now, what what we do is that when you build uh, your project, we build a version of it with uh, the debugging support. It's a, it's a D a DSIM bundle. It's actually very similar to what Xcode do with uh, Objective C uh, applications. So it's it's very close, and once you get the report, you can use the. I really forgot the name of that command line tool, but I, I will write an article about that. And uh, and yeah, it's it's just a matter of running one command line, and you need to get the address in the crash report, the load address of the application. So it's the first address that is uh, at the bottom of the stack, the the report. Right now, you need to do this by hand, but I will probably write something that automatizes it. And perhaps that I will probably write a way, perhaps a new rake, uh, perhaps a new rake task that actually grabs the crash report from the device for you and then uh, convert it on the fly. So I, I could I could probably do that. But I think the main, uh, the, the most important thing to mention here is that crashes in, in the Ruby Motion apps are very close to crash crashes in an Objective C app. You you just see a backtrace of of uh, UIKit or uh, Core Data or whatever framework you're using calls, but inside them there are uh, methods that are written in Ruby instead of being written in Objective C. So it's not like you get a whole different crash report or just uh, three lines and then nothing. You know what I mean? So it's it's actually really close. Yeah, I guess my problem was just how how would they would line up because you know there's different uh, expectations underneath. Yeah, I mean, on as we've been talking, you've been um, saying a lot about you. Know, well, then we can do this, and then I can do this. I mean, I don't think you know, um, you are the developer of of Ruby Motion at the moment, if I understand correctly. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, like many of our, you know, that's not a problem because many of our listeners are the developer of whatever they're doing. Um, but obviously that means you need to carefully consider, you know, with the amount of time you have and what you're doing, you know, the the, the roadmap, the path forward for Ruby Motion, what's most important? You know, is it is it doing stuff that Objective-C people are looking for? Is it doing the stuff that the Ruby people will be looking for or whatever? So, I mean, I, I don't know how public you are with this or want to be with this, but mm. uh, and obviously I'm not expecting you to put timescales on things unless you want to, but, you know, what is the roadmap for Ruby Motion going forward? You know, 1.0 is now out. What's the roadmap going forward from here? So that's really tough because when I launched Ruby Motion, I really I had a clear roadmap of things I wanted in the, in the project. But once you launch, you you get users and they ask for things, and now it actually impacts the way I I wanted to push Ruby Motion. So I can I can see that people are very interested in writing libraries around the project. So I'm going to use um, my time to uh, to actually try to help these guys. Uh, design the best APIs around uh, around your, uh, iOS with Ruby. I think that's really the, really the way Ruby Motion should go uh, to get a, a very nice set of libraries around uh, iOS that you can use in Ruby. And I'm not really uh, interested in uh, doing, for instance, interfacing with Xcode or these kind of things. People are actually uh, working on that. They, they contribute uh, functionalities back. That I'm, I'm really more interested in doing things the Ruby way and making sure that 
or releases are able to write their own iOS application. In the future, what I would really like is that uh, a Rubyist or someone who just speaks Ruby as his first language, as it's very uh, very often, uh, he gets he he, he buy he, he acquires a book about on iOS, then he can just write uh, his first iOS app in Ruby in 20 lines of code, and that's all. He will be using for of course he will be using a high level library that uh, wraps UIKit and all the complexities around UIKit. But he will get his first application running on his device. Then he will submit it on the App Store, and it will be like 20 lines of code, 30 lines of code. He will have the new features. And that's this is really my dream, to allow people to write a real applications, a native application, compiled applications, very fast, but in a very, very short amount of code. I mean, because you're working with the runtime and the runtime only, do you ever foresee... Yeah, is there any reason Apple could find, other than you use private APIs or anything like that, which is for everybody, is there any reason Apple could find to reject a Ruby Motion application from the store, or because it's binary and just using the Objective C runtime, they have no reason to do that? So it's uh, well, uh, yeah, it's, it's actually binary compatible. We are using the same uh, binary interfaces as Objective C, so the same runtime, the same APIs. So uh, uh, hello world. I mean, uh, hello world application written in Ruby motion should uh, should should pass the uh, the App Store guidelines. And Apple actually approved uh, three three apps right now to the App Store. So it means that it it passes their automation test and these kind of things. And now it's very hard to predict because uh, I think uh, three years ago Apple introduced a clause during the uh, the iOS 4.2 development, I think where uh, applications should have to be written in Objective-C. Then they removed that clause later because a lot of people complained about that. There were a lot of applications using uh, scripting languages uh, in the store. But, uh, and people were worried about that. But right now, RubyMotion apps should comply with uh, the App Store guidelines. Of course, if you are doing something Apple doesn't like, like using a private API, because you can use private APIs in Ruby Motion, you, you can actually use them. It, the, it's just the same runtime. And when you do that, if your app gets uh, rejected, then it's probably your fault. But we we will try to uh, to make sure that Ruby Motion apps are uh, are, are always uh, complying with uh, with the Apple guidelines. So you mentioned the uh, the community. Um, you know, your people, uh, Rubyists mainly, have kind of jumped on the Ruby Motion bandwagon and started uh, making gems and libraries and all kinds of things for use. Um, you, you know, uh, do you find, do you think that, you, or do you see yourself um, kind of proceeding into a a role kind of like uh, DHH uh, has for the Rails community? I mean, maybe you don't sound as outspoken as and uh, um, you know, uh, I don't know, outspoken <laughs> as DHH, but uh, it seems like uh, you, you're kind of the guy to fill that role. Well, I don't know. I'm a very uh, open guy, so. Uh, uh, I don't really know because I'm just working on the runtime right now and in Remotion the, the big deal are the libraries that people are working on and I, I prefer to give freedom to these guys uh, of course they, they don't have any obligation uh, they don't have any obligation to ask me to do things either so I prefer to work on the runtime to make sure that all the bugs that people report 
are uh, handled and fixed. But I don't see myself as the leader of a community. Um, I don't think that it's going to be um, something like race. Race is very opinionated. Uh, it's actually a library that lets you write websites. And in RubyMotion, it's it's a runtime that lets you write applications. But I expect that there will be a different libraries around. And each library will have its leader and its sort of a community around it. So that's why I don't think that it's going to be the same thing as Rails, um, at least for the time being. That's uh, yeah, that's in, an interesting difference, isn't it, between 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 the two? So I mean, you have a community of um, uh, iOS and Mac developers listening to you right now, um, you know. Imagine you're stood there on you know on the stage and there's all eight thousand or so of them in front of you. You know, what are what key things do you want? What what do you, what's burning that you want to say to this community? Uh, not really sure. <laughs> that uh, was that was a question totally out of the blue. It wasn't any prep. So <laughs> there you are. You go. I don't know. <laughs> the thing is that uh, I I've been really focused on bug reports right now because a lot of people uh, are using remotion at this point. So they report a lot of bugs and they do a lot of things with it. So I haven't actually seen uh, the complaints that people have with RubyMotion. People who didn't actually buy RubyMotion yet and who are just complaining that it's not Xcode, it's not Objective-C. I just want to say that um, uh, the right tool is the tool you, you're the most comfortable with. And for a lot of people, it's already, it's already Objective-C and, and Xcode, so there, there's probably no need to switch to RubyMotion. But if you have an open mind, if you would like to try something different, because it is really different, uh, you could probably try uh, RubyMotion. It will probably open your mind. And sometimes learning a new language is very helpful to to get more skills in your existing uh, languages. Uh, a, good, a very good experience is lear learning the Lisp language. Once you learn Lisp, you actually you you get very good at uh, working with dynamic languages. You also get very good at finding all the design issues that were <laughs> introduced when designing these languages. But uh, yeah, so well, what I want to say is keep an open mind, and yeah. I think you have a great attitude. The fact you're not sat here saying, "Look, you know, Objective C is rubbish and Xcode." Horrible, well, and, 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 you, and I'm going to make everybody convert. This is a case of, you know, I like doing it this way, and I'm making the opportunity for others who like doing it this way. But if Xcode's your way, you carry on. Yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been using Objective-C for a very long time. I know Objective-C very well, and I know all the tricks. And it's a nice language, honestly. I think that Ruby is a better language for application development. It's more, it's more high, high level. Uh, you 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 get faster. Use, I, I, at least I get faster using Ruby. But now it really depends on everyone. I mean, we are developers, uh, and developers can can get very picky when it comes to tools they they should use to do stuff. So, yeah. 
So, so here's here's the money question. Um, you know, you've got um, you know Ruby Motion as as a kind of a development uh, platform alternative to Xcode and Objective C. Um, do you think this product uh, will maybe um, motivate um, Apple to to look into Ruby as an eventual? Uh, I wouldn't say successor, but maybe a kind of a co uh, language uh, with their their current uh, set of uh, developer tools. Mm. So it's very hard to predict what Apple will do in the future, but um, I've been working at Apple for a long time, especially I've been working with the DevTools people for a long time. I mean, the, the guys who are actually working on, on the Objective-C runtime and on Xcode. And uh, I think that they are really busy with Objective-C right now, so I probably don't see them switching to, to uh, at least to supporting Ruby. Uh, in the time being, so they might introduce uh, a new language in the future. Uh, but right now, they are probably going to stick with Objective C. They are they, and you can see that because they are adding new features to the Objective C language. Right, and it yeah. seems like they're they're taking um, you know some hints from uh, from Ruby. Yeah, they are listening to the community. People complain that they don't they, there are no closures, so they added them. Then they complain that the memory management system was very old and archaic. Then they added Hark, which is a, a first step uh, in the right direction. It's not a, f- a full step yet, uh, but it's actually a first step to an automatic memory management system. And uh, so we don't know. Perhaps they will do something different next year. It's very hard to predict. What I know is that it's pretty possible that Xcode will, uh, will perhaps uh, evolve in a more uh, interactive editor in the future because uh, there, for instance there is no reason why Objective-C doesn't have an interactive console it's technically possible to use LLVM right now and especially the, the just-in-time uh, execution engine to, uh, to parse expressions and then compile them at runtime and execute them so you could have something like RubyMotion in Objective-C so it wouldn't be as intuitive because you need to deal with C types and variables and so it would be a bit problematic, sorry, but it it would be possible. So I don't know. Perhaps that if RubyMotion gets uh, if there is enough traction around RubyMotion, people actually complain to Apple and say uh, we would like a ripple in Xcode. The same people who actually said we would like blocks in Objective C. Uh, perhaps they will have the ripple in the next Xcode. I don't know. Yeah, well, maybe a lot of the the Coco developers that uh, try Ruby Motion and and start using the REPL and finding it useful can uh, file a radar to have one included. Then, oh yeah, I don't know, perhaps. <laughs> I mean, you you mentioned you mentioned Arc and everything there. I mean, obviously, Ruby the memory uh, management in Ruby is sort of well, non-existent, isn't it? Basically, as far as the developer is concerned. So, I mean, do do you re- does uh, RubyMotion allow you to run on a, a version of iOS that supports Arc, or can it go back older? Is it, are you using Arc behind the scenes, or because of so, the runtime? Uh, so RubyMotion Ruby is not using Arc uh, yet, because uh, technically Arc is not good enough for Ruby, um, but it's using something that is very similar to Arc, but that that runs in runtime, so... So it's actually very uh, similar, and a lot of people have been asking me how RubyMotion does memory management. So I probably write, I will probably write in the future a technical article about that. But um, 
the thing is in, in Ruby, yeah, people are used to not have to deal with memory. And sometimes it can be an issue when you look at Rails and you see that a basic uh, request in Rails creates more than uh, 50,000 objects, I think. Last time we we checked, that's, that's really amazing. I mean, people tend to forget that uh, memory is not, is not free on a machine. <laughs> so, so uh, RubyMotion, um, just to go forward in, is built on top of, you know, Mac Ruby. Um, I mean, RubyMotion does stuff to help you as an iOS developer. Is, are you going to do more stuff around um, OS 10 as well? Or do you think actually just the fact that Mac Ruby is available is enough for that and people just need to go get on with it? Uh, so I'm still working on MacRuby because MacRuby is oh yeah, MacRuby is one of the projects I created, and uh, we are working on actually doing a release. So I I had to do the release yesterday, but I I didn't do it because there was some uh, storming here in Belgium and my internet connection was uh, destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> so I I probably do it later this week. But yeah, I'm still working on on MacRuby, and. So there will be an update uh, perhaps this week, and uh, yeah, for for the Mac, actually, Mac Ruby is actually mature enough, so we are not going to add more features to Mac Ruby. Uh, a question from the chat room again: It's um, uh, you're doing this because of your love for Ruby. Have you any intention to sort of maybe um, do this for other languages, or is it you're you're a Ruby man and you're going to do it for Ruby, and that's it? No, actually, I'm, Ruby is the language I like, but uh, my favorite language is Lisp. So I really like Lisp, and all the I I I'm also I'm a programming language fan, as you can say. So I like designing new languages myself. Um, but Ruby would probably be my second uh, second favorite language. So we're going to see a Lisp motion release pretty soon, then? <laughs> I don't think so. No. Oh, come on. <laughs> the problem is that Lisp is very tough to learn for uh, beginners. Uh, actually, with Clojure, we actually saw that uh, it's possible to do a successful Lisp. I mean, re- uh, modern successful Lisp. Um, but still, I mean, it's not. Uh, you, you don't see the same type of programmers using Clojure that you would see using Ruby or Python. So a lot of people ask me. Uh, could we have a Python version of uh, Remotion? And I don't know, maybe. The thing is, Ruby and Python are already very similar. Well, I know that I'm going to shock people, uh, Ruby fans or Python fans, by saying that, but they, uh, they are semantically uh, very close. Um, so uh, I'm not sure if, it's, if, if it would be worth supporting Python, um, if it would be worth the, worth the work, I think. Okay, you, you mentioned that a couple of... Uh, I'm just picking up on some of the chat room stuff here. Um, you mentioned that a couple of apps are actually already in the App Store using um, uh, um, RubyMotion. Are you allowed to tell us what they are yeah. so people can have a look? Yeah, so um, so there is one app that I actually uh, did with uh, Hello Duran, which I'm going to say yet again is my personal hero. <laughs> and uh, the app is called Mustachio. So um, so let me see. So the best way to get the app is to go to uh, blog.rubymotion.com and the very first uh, blog article is talking about Mustachio. So there is a pointer to, the, uh, to, to iTunes and you can grab the, the application. You can see the source code on GitHub. 
and uh, it's it's very very uh, easy app. It just uh, it actually uses core data face detection to uh, add a mustache to your face. So you take a picture of yourself or of someone and then add some mustache to it. So it's very easy and you can share it on Twitter. And we actually did the app to make sure that Motion would actually pass the the automatic uh, verification um, uh, steps of, of the App Store submissions. And we I submitted the app uh, last uh, last Sunday, I think, and it was approved last week. And then there is a second application called uh, uh, Beard, Birdmania, I think. Um, let me see. I actually forgot about the app. So it was an app written by by one of the RubyMotion uh, users. But I will probably talk about it on the blog probably tomorrow. So if you get uh, if you get in touch with the blog tomorrow, you will probably see a pointer to the application. Okay, I'll get on, I'll get on the blog tomorrow, and then I'll make sure that also goes into the show notes. So yeah, uh, yeah. And that app is just a video game, a very small game, where you kill birds with your fingers. You tap on the screen, <laughs> and hit birds, and then you. Uh, that that's that's also a very uh, simple app, and the source code is also available on GitHub. And I think that there is a third app, but I. It's using core data for something, but I forgot the name of the app. It's also on the App Store. Uh, I will probably write a blog post tomorrow and to ex- that explains all the apps that, that have been submitted right now. And yeah. Excellent. So, you got anything you want to finish up with? Uh, no, I think I'm uh, out of questions at the moment. Excellent. Let me just check the chat room, make sure there's uh, no more outstanding questions there. Nope, we're there. Okay, that's uh, that's fantastic. So, um, Laurent, thank you very much for coming on the show, and um, mm-hmm. and you know, it's uh, um, you've obviously dedicated yourself to this now. You've quit your job. You're going forward. Um, it's uh, you know, it's great that you're selling this, and you're you know that that gives me confidence that if you can um, you know earn your living from selling this, then it's going to stay there and it's going to keep going and yeah. it's going to keep building. So that's a that's a great move. Um, so just uh, just um, remind people where they can find Ruby Motion. Um, remind people of uh, uh, what your Twitter handle is and all that sort of stuff, so they can follow you and, and keep up with what's going on. Okay, well, you can you can find RubyMotion on rubymotion.com, so it's very easy. From there, you can see uh, the Getting Started video. You can see uh, uh, the sample codes on GitHub and the Pragmatic Studio. I made a 15-minute uh, screencast on the product that you can see, that you can watch for free. So it's very nice because they, they create a very simple application with you and they guide uh, you to create the app. Of course, if you already know iOS, you can probably skip most of the parts. But the, the cool thing is that uh, Mike Clark, which is the, the Pragmatic Studio founder, is uh, actually using the REPL a lot to debug stuff. So it, it can be interesting. And then you can purchase RubyMotion there from, from this website, so rubymotion.com. And the Twitter handle is RubyMotion. Very easy. So you can follow the, the Twitter handle, and then I, I try to keep track of everything RubyMotion-related. And I try to retweet the most interesting links, but it's very hard. So hopefully one guy uh, created a Remotion newsletter. I think it's called remotionweekly.com. And there is a pointer to the newsletter on the blog, so you can subscribe. And 
every week he sends an email with everything. So that's much easier. So you can actually see all the projects that people have been working on, the updates. So that's probably the best way to, to keep track of the project. Hey, I got one more question. Sorry, just came to my mind. Um, uh, releasing, releases. How often do you release uh, updates uh, to Remotion? Oh, I think I released five updates since uh, since the launch. So, But I'm trying to fix all the all the low-hanging low bugs that people are suffering right now because I did not, I did not expect the launch to be as, as successful and there are lots of people using Remotion and so there are lots of use cases that I didn't think about. So I'm trying to fix all these bugs right now, So which mean, which explains that there, there have been a lot of updates so far. So we've been doing five updates and I'm probably doing a, a, another one later this week to fix all the bugs. But all these updates are actually, uh, I'm, I'm actually pushing uh, new updates on on the server and then everyone using RubyMotion will get a notification that says you can update uh, RubyMotion. And I didn't mention this, but RubyMotion is common, common line based. Everything is done from the common line and you can uh, apply a software update by typing motion update on your terminal. If you want to file a support ticket, you type you type motion support and it opens a web page where you can uh, file a ticket. So and so that's the way RubyMotion works. And yes, yeah, so software updates are automatically downloaded for you and installed for you. Right, and this latest update that you posted uh, has some nice fixes for uh, for KVO and and all that, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So KVO is one example. Uh, it's something I didn't think about, and a user reported that it didn't work for her. So I grabbed the source code from GitHub, and then I added KVO support to RubyMotion. And normally, uh, she should be happy, I think. And on this release, there is also support to type expressions, multi-line expression in the REPL. So that's actually great. For instance, you can start by creating a class, then creating a module, then defining a method. And line by line, the REPL will actually wait until you you, you terminate in the whole thing. And it will also auto-indent the code for you. So that's that's a nice feature. And that is that has been a that has been a feature in the in the latest release. Excellent, Saul. It's been um, wonderful doing a joint podcast with you. I'm not going to ask you what what um, episode of NS Brief this is because you just plowed them out so fast you probably don't even know yourself yet, do you? But uh, anyway, tell people a bit more <laughs> about NS Brief. Tell tell people where they can follow you. Um, they should go and subscribe to the NS Brief podcast if they haven't already because it's a fantastic podcast that you're doing out there, um, and you know adds to the developer community. So to, and uh, where they can do anything else you want them to know about. Uh, yeah, so you can follow me on on Twitter. I'm uh, Casa de Mora. Um, it's Spanish. So it's a little harder to spell. Uh, so yeah, you can follow me there. Um, the the uh, homepage for NS Brief is nsbrief.com. And uh, yeah, we try to post episodes weekly. I've got a, a good queue of, uh, of shows upcoming. So uh, definitely subscribe and uh, tune in. And, and yeah, it's been, it's been great to do a podcast uh, uh, with you, Scotty. It's been awesome. Well, we have a newfound developer love and my partner has left me. Over I'm John Fox, and uh, yeah. I hate you all. 
Okay, that's a good voice. We'll, we'll try. I'm John Fox, and you can follow me at memoryminer.com, and you can buy my products, and you can follow me on Twitter as Dejemme or Dejemme, like the African drum. Okay, thank you very much for listening to me, and Scotty, please let me come back, because I love you so much. <laughs> Did I get All right, close? Bring, bringing it back down to the regular level. Great. <laughs> <laughs> we were getting right. so serious and professional there for a minute. I was getting worried. All right. And, uh, <laughs> and just to contrast, uh, John's rather squeaky voice. My name is Scotty. <laughs> and you can follow me as MacDevNet on Twitter. And you can come to iDeveloper.tv where you can find all our training videos and you can find all the stuff for this podcast. And you can follow iDeveloperTV on Twitter at iDeveloperTV. Because we're logical that way. <laughs> there we are. I think we're at the end of episode. I think we said it was 53, didn't we? I've totally lost track. It's been a, right. a, an absolute pleasure, gentlemen. I uh, have thoroughly enjoyed myself. And um, uh, thank you, chat room. There's been um, some uh, <laughs> people in the chat room are actually feeling sorry for John. We've obviously <laughs> not done this properly. <laughs> Well, myself and John are going off for uh, for, for some counselling and um, some uh, uh, arbitration, and hopefully we'll be back together next week. And this uh, imposter will be gone from the show. Hey, that's what, that's what I have. That's what I have to tell them. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> chat room, you've been great. Uh, if you listen to us on the feeds, we do appreciate the fact that you uh, you listen. Please go and leave reviews um, on iTunes. They they really do help other people to find the show because it helps us to appear in the featured and, and, and it just helps people uh, find it. Um, if you have uh, more specific feedback about this episode rather than just a generic iTunes uh, comment, then um, go to the support page on iDeveloper TV and just uh, just log a support thing and we'll, we'll get back to you and deal with that. Thank you very much for listening. This has been iDeveloper Live, episode 53. And until next time... You take care.